Hey, welcome to the Fort Dodge Leadership Podcast. It's great to be here with you. I'm Nathan. I'm the associate pastor here at the Fort Dodge campus, and I am joined today with Gina Cohn, our children's coordinator, and Caitlin Bernau, our Next Steps coordinator. And we're excited to bring you this topic today on this really snowy day. Uh, We are each at our own homes, kind of huddled up and trying to stay warm on kind of a blizzardy sort of blowing day. I'm looking out the window at piles of snow. Uh, So hopefully you're listening to this podcast on a warmer day. Um, But we're really glad that you're joining us for this conversation uh, about kind of leading out of your sweet spot and how to help others when you're leading them find their sweet spot. Um, So um, let me just give uh, a little bit of uh, introduction. So we actually came up with the idea to do this as as a podcast immediately following the the Roman series, going back to the fall. So if you remember back to that, uh, there was a sermon that Jesse Tink preached, and it was based on Romans 12. And this was from October 18th of 2020. And he was talking about um, how like you need to get beyond just being a fan and to actually get out there on the field and be a player to, to play the game. And not only that, um, so so that that's the imagery of like, let's stop sitting on our butts. Let's get out there. Let's serve. Let's take that next step to serve purposefully. But not only that, and he just touched briefly on this idea of like serving in your sweet spot is even better than just playing on the team. Um, and just like how good that is for us as leaders, as volunteers, um, when we're just right where we should be, where God made us to be doing what God made us to do, um, that it's like it's so powerful. And, um, and there's a whole list of giftings from Romans 12. You can, you can go back and watch that sermon. You can read Romans 12 and, and think a little bit about the gifts that uh, are listed out there in the Bible. Um, but we wanted to do more of a deep dive because we feel like as leaders, it's just crucial for us to be aware of what our sweet spots are, of like trying to uh, work in, serve in our sweet spots, and help others not just be filling a role on team, but actually be uh, living in like a, uh, in, in that zone uh, where they're really using uh, their gifts. Um, so just as I introduce that topic, anything right off the bat, you guys, um, I'll give you guys a chance to chime in here. Um, one of the things that I remembered from um, J- Pastor Jesse's message is um, we've been given these gifts by grace, not because we deserve them by any means, but because we stepped across the faith line, the Holy Spirit empowered us to do something that's maybe a little bit better than most. So, but it's for the sake of others, right? So when we're in our sweet spot, what I have found is like, it brings so many others um, a peace and a joy to see that because they, they see the work of Jesus in you and how that's playing out. And so they're attracted to it, whether they know it's the Holy Spirit or like Jesus at work in you, they, you know, like they just see you in your sweet spot and they're just like, like a magnet towards it. And it's pretty amazing to um, get to be in that. Um, It is, it's just like a magnet. It draws people. It makes them want to know more. Like why, why, why are you just like exuding this like radiant Hmm. feeling like you you can just see it in people um, when they are serving um, with their strengths and from their sweet spot. Um, And it, it does, it it gives us the opportunity to help 
bring others in to community. It gives us an opportunity to bring those who don't know Jesus yet, um, bring them closer to that faith line. Um, I think, I think it's really kind of underrated sometimes. Um, I'm thinking about like the guest services ministry. There's a lot of times where you just feel like, am I really that needed? Is it, am I really Mm -hmm. that valuable? And, um, I think a lot of people, um, don't realize just how impactful just a smiling face can be when you're not sure about even walking in the door. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um, and jumping off that, I, I think sometimes it can be a sign that you're not in your sweet spot. If, if you're doing a role, like that's a great example. Like if you're, uh, greeting someone at the door, if, if you're finding yourself constantly thinking like, man, all I'm doing is just greeting someone at the door. Um, I could be doing such better things with my time right now. <laughs> you know, if you're finding yourself having those sort of like cynical thoughts as you're doing the thing, you might not be in your sweet spot, right? Um, <laughs> or maybe you've just forgotten the the vision of why it is. You, do, you know, that's possible too. But but it, it might be a little little bit of a red flag, like maybe I'm not in my sweet spot right now. Um, yeah, and I just think about like, when I think of the word sweet spot, just in general, I think about playing tennis. Um, when, if you have a tennis racket in your hand and you try to hit a tennis ball, uh, I don't know if, if you've ever had this sensation in your wrist where you just feel that clang of like, you either hit the edge of the racket or you hit just barely on the net part, but it's, it's basically, um, at the edge and you, you feel it buzz down your arm and the ball goes nowhere. It just drops a couple feet in front of you. Right. Um, like, yes, you hit the ball. Yes, you did something, but it didn't go anywhere because you didn't use the the full potential of the tool in your hand. You didn't hit the ball in the sweet spot. But then the opposite of tr- is true. If you've ever happened, even if you're not a tennis player, I'm not really a tennis player, but I've had those moments every once in a while where you swing and you happen to hit, the, like by a miracle, you happen to hit the ball right in the center and then it just goes and it just sends it over the net and... um like that's the feeling it is also whether it's in your job, whether you're volunteering, uh, when you're when you're in the zone, when you're in your sweet spot, it takes very little effort to have a lot of impact. Uh, we're coming off of like the start of a new year, and I've found over the years in ministry that it seems like people will kind of re-examine where they're at uh, about you know the new year time. They start asking themselves like, do I really enjoy where I'm serving? Um, there, it's a, it's a time when you happen to see a lot of burnout surface, uh, you know, it's not sunny out, you're cold, you're stuck inside and you're feeling a little bit more grumbling and complaining. And so you're that much more likely to be like, man, this thing that I'm doing when I'm serving at the church or outside the walls of the church, whatever, um, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of sick of it. I'm done. I'm burnt out. And it might be that you're just not taking enough breaks and getting the rest you need, even the sleep that you need. Or it might be that you're serving outside of your sweet spot. And so uh, so leaders, you want to be like kind of watching for that in your teams, identifying that and seeing beyond just the complaints and seeing, huh, I wonder if this is a sweet spot issue, not just a complaint issue in, in the volunteers I lead, um, or see it in yourself. Um man, I, I feel on edge. I feel irritable. Maybe I'm just like doing something that's not in my sweet spot. As we, uh, as we think about sweet spots, uh, 
leading out of your own unique wiring, leading out of your own unique wiring. In order to do that, you kind of have to know yourself, right? So uh, let's talk a little bit about what it takes to know who you are, what you're good at, what you're like. Um, uh, you guys all have um, some ideas there that we, we've talked about before this conversation. So uh, let's just go there. What are, what are some ways you can know what you're good at? Um, you can, there are a lot of different type of assessments that you can take, whether it's like a strength finders test or um, the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, the spiritual gifts assessment, any of those are like a good first step. Um, and then whatever you find out from those, I have found that it's super helpful to reach out to someone that is kind of in your circle, um, a trusted relationship that they can kind of help you dig into that and um, find out more about that. Um, but my experience with the Strength Finders um, assessment was, and this is something I didn't know right off the bat, I had to have others speak into it, like uh, Pastor Nathan, he did such a great job of showing me um what I'm going to talk about next, but I had these top five strengths and then I chose to purchase um, all of my strengths for that extra step. And I found that communication was actually my very last strength on this assessment. And so I was like, so like gut punched <laughs> by mm. that realization. And I'm like, this is a huge part of my job. And <laughs> it is like, I immediately thought of it as like, that is such a weakness of mine. Um, but through like digging into more of the strength finders itself, but then also reaching out to the people that are on my team, like Nathan, you just shed light on the fact that I view communication through the lens of my top five strengths, which is at that time was harmony, empathy, developer, learner, and relator. And it's not that I'm necessarily bad at communicating, but I could definitely grow in that area of different levels of that communication mm -hmm. um, piece. But uh, it was just super helpful and reassuring. And then later, as I dug into more of the strength finders, it was like realizing um, that we all have all of these strengths. Some of them are just stronger than others. So it's not necessarily weakness. It's just a lesser strength. And then communication specifically for me, um, there's so many like modes of communication that I immediately went to like stage and stage fright. And I'm like, well, of course, that's a weakness of mine. I wasn't like <laughs> super confident in that area, but like, like emails, texting, verbally, like one-on-one -on -one small groups, like gaining my um, confidence in those areas helped me to see that it is just a lesser strength. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. And, um, you know, the strengths finder assessment tool, um, you know, some of us maybe listening to this podcast have done this. I'm guessing a lot haven't, um, just to give you kind of that background of what it is. So it's like Clifton, Clifton strengths, or, you know, uh, Tom Rath is the author of this book. It's, it's Clifton strengths by Gallup. Uh, I think we use strengths finder 2.0 is the tool that we use in our staff team. And if you've if you've seen the little like plaque next to our desks with the five strengths, like th that's the resource we're talking about where you come up with your five strengths. And so there's like a list of, gosh, I don't know, 34, maybe like that's yeah, what Google is telling me right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks, Google. Uh, and and they're all like, 
it's not like there's right or wrong or better or worse. It's just like every person has their unique combinations of strengths. And if you can learn to tap into those and even just be aware of them, right? Yes. And then even more so tap into them, you can start to see how they can be useful. It also helps you identify like because you have these strengths, you're going to be, um, it's going to be really easy for you to operate in this way, but you might have a weakness or a blind spot in this area. Um, and in your case, like you're sharing, Gina, about like you found your very last one, the 34th place was communication. And that was like, that itself was a light bulb for you. Um, right. And you were able to learn how to leverage that differently. So, um, yeah, I really encourage you guys, uh, if you've never done Strengths Finder, that, that might be the top one that I would recommend maybe in terms of like finding how to, how to leverage your giftedness. Um, I know for me, one, one of the things that like came up on my strengths finder was includer. I don't know. I don't know that I would have like identified that as a strength or a weakness. It's just like something that I, I value. Um, and so to see it as like almost like a leadership style or a personality style that like I will lead in a way that's more inclusive 99 times out of a hundred. And so to begin to know that, uh, all right, I, I find out. Uh, that's that's a strength because I'm going to bring people in and I'm going to say, hey, you can belong on this team. Come on, come join in. Um, you belong here. It's a weakness because I'm going to be more likely to say, hey, you belong even before maybe someone has has had a chance to get the training or maybe this isn't their sweet spot. But I'm like, it's OK. Come on, come try it out. Right. <laughs> Learner is really high for me. And so, like, I know that I'm in my sweet spot when I'm developing new things, uh, launching into something, you know, like coming out and starting this campus six years ago, like that's, it was a huge learning curve, right? And so like doing something that takes learning, um, including was a part of that too, right? And then um, I think my top one is belief. And so um, doing things that just take faith that like, it's going to be okay. It's, it's all going to work out no matter what the odds are. If this is something God wants to do, he's going to do it. And so like helping, helping launch churches across Iowa is like right up my alley. What about the Enneagram? We've talked about that one um, in a previous podcast, but what is it about the Enneagram that helps you find your sweet spot in leadership? Something I have found um, specifically um, as like in my leadership about and learning about myself and the, my Enneagram number, which is a two of just knowing um, when I'm in my healthiest spot, what it looks like for me. And then when I'm in an unhealthy spot, like I go to kind of more of a control um, type of leadership and mm. like, what, what is a two for anybody who doesn't oh, know yep, what a two sure. is? is the, it's the helper. And then, so there it's always um, kind of not always, I should say like, at my healthiest, I am humble and others focused. And then in some of my unhealthy times, then I'm more like um, driven and hands on, like and wanting to control things mm. a little bit more than I should be. Um, so, which I've also that, yeah. have, yeah, identified in my parenting too. That was super mm. helpful um, of learning about myself in the Enneagram for both myself, leadership and parenting um, with that. But I think like going back to the, like in our healthy spot 
and in our unhealthy spots, like it just totally is such a good self-awareness thing to have because we drift into our unhealthy spots so many times without realizing it until we're too far into them. Mm-hmm. And, and as leaders, that affects other people. And it's not just us and in our families too, right? As it, like I said, it alluded to the, the parenting part, like it affects other people. So like just having that awareness of, and with my wiring, what that looks like was super helpful for me to learn. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um, Caitlin, what's your Enneagram number and how, and, and what what is that? And, and how have you seen it kind of play out in, in your sweet spot in leadership? Um, so I am a one and that is a perfectionist. <laughs> um, and until I, um, came on staff at Prairie Lake Church, I'd never heard of the Enneagram mm-hmm. and like, as I'm reading it and at the time when I first took it initially, as I'm reading it and I'm reading, you know, the category about unhealthy, I'm like, man, I feel attacked. Like, you know, you have mm-hmm. that, you have that feeling. Mm-hmm. when you uh, recognize something in yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was kind of like an eye-opening, um, uh, an eye-opening moment because um, I, I identified why I am the way that I am and like how um, that affects how I process and handle situations and emotions. And I think understanding how you're wired kind of helps you um, identify, um, some of your strengths and how you can lead from that, mm-hmm. um, in a healthy way. And also kind of gives you, like Gina said, that red flag, I'm, I'm kind of drifting into the unhealthy side of things. I need to either do something or shift directions. Um, mm-hmm. and it helps you kind of, when you're in your sweet spot, um, you would lean more towards your healthy, but when you kind of feel yourself going, the other direction, it's probably another red flag that you're not in your sweet spot or um, you're just in a spot uh, of like overwhelm or um, you haven't taken time for that rest and, um, you know, recharging. And um, as a fellow one, I can relate to that very much. So uh, big time perfectionism and, uh, uh, it was helpful for me to think about perfectionism in leadership, too, that like um, one of the ways that a, a one can can miss the boat in leadership is not entrusting to others, <laughs> letting go of the perfectionistic, you know, bar and just saying, hey, I can let somebody else do it, even if it's not perfect. And so to so you could say that, like, all right, well, then that would mean that to be a leader where you have to empower others and let go of things, that's not a sweet spot for a one. But, um, and, and that could be true. Like if my if all that I ever did uh, in my role on staff was exclusively uh, letting people do the best they can, like I think right now of like a preschool teacher, like that would not be my sweet spot, right? Like just, I don't know, finger paint wherever you want. Oh yeah, it's got on the wall. Like, I would go berserk, not my sweet spot. Um, but like small doses of of letting people just, you know, kind of do things their own way. And then I can kind of still um, leverage my perfectionistic style, leadership style, 
in different ways. I can focus on doing the very best I can in the administration side or the very best I can in making sure communication pieces that I send out are, you know, just exactly like I want them to be. And I can get my perfectionism fix in that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Enneagram can help you identify ways that maybe even that you might think you're not in your sweet spot, but it's it's not that you're not in your sweet spot. You're just trying to lead the way other people lead that same ministry, right? Uh, that um, I've watched other people be in charge of this kind of thing before, and the way they do it is like this. I feel that in in worship ministry when it comes to like super outgoing gregarious, crazy, you know, that like a lot of times you'll think of like a creative type and it's someone who just doesn't mind the spotlight, you know, it's just, they're crazy and fun loving and stuff. And like, I'm none of those things. So sometimes I just, I'm not. And, and so it would be easy for me to think, especially early on in ministry, I was like, man, I don't know if worship leading is really my thing. I'm, I'm not like other worship leaders I know. And so um, just to be able to embrace that, like, I'm going to lead this ministry in the way that fits my personality. And I am called to this because of all the other things, because of the high belief and um, desire to learn, things like that. Cool. Well, let's talk about spiritual gifts assessment. Uh, I know there's one at Assess Me um, that our church has used before, assessme.org, I believe. Um, And so you can take just a questionnaire and it helps you identify which are the spiritual gifts you've been given. So Whereas like Strengths Finder or Enneagram are going to focus more on just the secular, you know, typical day-to-day strengths and weaknesses, spiritual gifts assessments focus on like what are the natural or supernatural things that God has like made you to do. Um, examples of spiritual gifts would be like teaching, um, uh, apostleship, uh, gifts of wisdom, uh, gifts of being a helper, helping others, serving others, gifts of healing, um, having the gift of like intercession and prayer for others. People have the gift of giving. Um, so it, everybody has some gifts and everybody has some of all the gifts, but God has um, uniquely gifted each one of us to like excel in certain gifts. And so uh, if you've never taken a spiritual gifts assessment, I mean, stop the podcast and do it now because this is um, this is kind of like helping you identify your role in the kingdom of God and in, in his purposes. So um, I, that was kind of my add to the list. So I kind of fielded it. But anything anything else about spiritual gifts that you would add before we move on to the next thing? I think it, I agree. Um, stop the podcast and, and take it because it is so affirming. Um, it's focused on, um, the Christianity side of, of all of this that we've talked about, like the spiritual, um, side, but it is so affirming and, um, just stepping into and feeling what God has created you for and to do. So, yeah. Love it. All right. Well, what about when this happens, when God puts you somewhere that's just not in your sweet spot and you have to do it anyway? Uh, It's a situation where you can't just change it. You can't make the decision. You just have to lead outside of your sweet spot. What do you do? (laughs) Hold on. 
power through and trust. (laughs) No. Um, So one of the the biggest learning experiences and learning curves for uh, Mike and I was, and and we know now, like, it was God's plan. Um, But we, you know, in the beginning thought it was our choices, and it was our choice. Um, But we purchased a sign company no background in sign, the sign business or even artistic wise, anything (laughs) like that, just through different circumstances, which it's a longer story, but, um, felt like it was what we were to do. And so what is not my sweet spot? I am besides the fact, which I've learned too, I was able to help others. Right. So, Hmm. um, teaching is one of my spiritual gifts. It's my top one um, when I took the spiritual assessment. And so, so different, so different business owning, not, not Not there, teaching, not there, (laughs) not teaching. But um, through that five year period, I was able to, so I knew I wasn't in my sweet spot. I wasn't happy. I struggled um, just with all the things and just um, pouted a lot. Like I'll be completely (laughs) honest. (laughs) So like hanging on, that's what I meant, like totally yeah. hanging on and powering through. And just it had to have I had to have a huge perspective shift in my mind and my heart. Um, and that's when I started noticing um, how God had had this in his plan for us. When I had a perspective shift and tried and just allowed myself to open up to see what he had for me in this like I got to see that I was still able to use those gifts that he had given of teaching and serving and helping others, even though it was in a realm that wasn't my sweet spot. So I just had to hang on again, that perspective shift and trusting that he wasn't going to have me in that business owning, small business owning ownership Mm -hmm. for long. Mm -hmm. You know, I I didn't know when we were going to get out of it or anything, but once that happened, I was able to see and feel just what he wanted to do through that. And I grew so much in Mm. just vulnerability, um, just knowing like when you're not in your sweet spot, you are humbled pretty quickly in Mm. all of the things that you can't do. (laughs) And how like you're you're just not like we talked about earlier in this episode of just when you're in your sweet spot, like there's that joy and that peace. And when you're not, it's like not fun. And so we, I just learned a lot and you just waiting. And in that waiting, like we've heard so often that God has things for us. If we again, open ourselves up to that. And there was a lot of waiting in that too. Hmm. I'm thinking of the person out there who's in the field that they're in or the ministry that they're in really just because their family pointed them that way. I'm guessing when I think of the business world, like there's a, there's certain family expectations. You're, you're going to get a good job. You're going to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. earn enough to whatever. And so sometimes people can be in all sorts of different fields and they're really not there because they're made for it or because they love it or because there's any passion there. It's just the thing you do. I just would encourage you that like it, it is okay to step outside of whatever family norm you've had and to just say like, no, I'm, I've been gifted in this, not that. And, um, you're going to feel a lot of freedom there, but yeah, like the, the feeling of, um, humbling <laughs> that you were describing, uh, uh, like I'm guessing 
now looking back at it, it seems a lot easier. But in that moment, it was really heavy. Yeah. And again, that waiting and not knowing when it was going, when I was like basically going to see the light or when it was going to be over. Like, yeah, looking back now, it's like, oh, easy peasy. Oh, dear. No. Like Mm -hmm. in the moment, it was lots of struggle. And again, like pointing to that, had I known about the Enneagram, (laughs) and I was for sure in my unhealthiest spots. And (laughs) if I would have had that self-awareness, then, you know, I would have been able to, you know, not be in the unhealthy state for as long as I was, um, Mm -hmm. if I'd had those red flags and that self-awareness, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Caitlin, you had talked a little bit earlier uh, before this conversation about just um, in the nursing world, there were like there's a big learning curve there and you guys just have some phrases to make it through when you're still not yet in your sweet spot. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so when I was in nursing school, um, we had like a famous... It's just a like a mantra. You faked it till you made it. Um, so fake it till you make it. Um, you know, put a smile on. Um, power through it, like Gina said. Yeah. You know, hold the line. So are you saying that like sometimes a nurse we might have in the doctor's office might be faking it till they make it right there with us? Yes, hundred percent, absolutely. Like when they're going for that vein for the thirtieth time in <laughs> no, a row. Hopefully, like, hopefully Ow. they made it before they got out of nursing school. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully got to, they got to that make it half of that right. mantra before they left nursing school. But yeah. you never know. I think uh, it's also yeah. like as leaders, we get this amazing opportunity to like be there for others when they're not in their sweet spot and being able to help them see that there there is maybe something else that God has for you and, th- and to encourage them in the the holding the line and the trusting and the waiting. Like, I think that's been such a cool thing in this role that I have right now to be able to like look back and remember when I wasn't in my sweet spot and be able to relate and, and help others, whether they maybe don't realize that they're not in their sweet spot. And I'm not just talking about volunteering. It's like what you talked about, like in their jobs um, to like help them see and know that it's okay, but then just help them identify like this maybe isn't your calling or what God has for you. Um, mm-hmm. It is right now, but like these are the things that you can really dig into and ask yourself, help give them those um, questions to reflect on um, to yeah. be able to see that. So like in the holding of the line, there is something else that you can do while you do that. Yeah. Um, three real quick things from my uh, ministry experiences that are like when you're not in your sweet spot. So one of them is real time right now. I'm in charge of small groups and I'm not a super relational person. In fact, my first small group, I grew from 15 people to one person in the matter of nine months at my college. Okay. So I, I'm sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? Like the relational side is not real natural for me. All right. So that's not a sweet spot, but when, you know, I can acknowledge that I know that about myself. And so I've been very blessed with some people who have come around me, some small group coaches who are way more relational than me and it's natural for them. And so I can live in my sweet spot of doing administration and kind of like making sure all the things are in place. And then I can say, Hey team, 
you guys actually are great with people and I'm not. Would you please like do what you do best and connect with small group leaders and help them feel supported? And, and they're doing that really well. Um, and then another example of a weakness of mine, non-sweet spot is like building. I am, I am an unhandy man. I'm, I'm terrible at it. And they said when I first came on staff, they're like, Hey, by the way, you're going to have to like design these sets and build and construct. And I'm like, what? I can barely (laughs) swing a hammer. Uh, um, and so I found pretty quickly that like, while maybe some of the other people who did my job at other campuses would try to kind of do it all themselves because they were handy, it ended up being a, a weakness in their ministry because they had to spend all this time on, you know, these projects. And meanwhile, I stink at it, but there were a ton of people who were like, yeah, I can I can come in for a few hours and build something. I would love that. That is my sweet spot. So I'd reach out to them, and pretty soon, like, the sets we were building as a team were really great and just, I mean, like a million times better than what I could have done on my own. And then one other thing about like not sweet spots, I was really nervous when I took this job and they said, hey, by the way, you're in charge of lighting. And I said to myself, like, I know nothing about lighting. Um, so like in interview after interview, I made sure people know like, yeah, by the way, I don't know any lighting. Like I don't, I nothing. I don't know. Any, I know that a light bulb turns on. That's about it. And, um, and that was an area where I didn't think I would be in my sweet spot. But then once I started learning, I discovered like, oh, man, I love this. I think like this. Um, and it becomes it has become like a, a thing that I've been able to train others in now. Um, so sometimes you, you don't think it's going to be a sweet spot. But if you give it a chance, it will be. That's cool. uh, last part of our conversation here is helping others helping others find their sweet spots because it's not just about us as leaders. It's about us helping those we lead be in their best possible seat on the bus, uh, be using their gifts. So uh, for both of you guys, what do you look for in, in the people you lead, like in how to identify their gifts and appropriately um, find their strengths, use their strengths, things like that. One of the things that I love to do with um, people that are, curious or interested in the children in our children's ministry team is just to have conversations with them. Um, see, asking them questions, learning more about their story, and then being able to see physically um, how they interact with that and how they can light up when they're talking about whether it's like previous experience or their kids or their grandkids and just being able to see that um, helps me kind of identify like, okay, yeah, this like let's let's move forward this let's kind of see what we can do and get them in for a test drive um it's also great to see others in action even just like even within the worship center um and how Mm. people interact with the kiddos that are around that kind of gives me some oh yeah um identifiers yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you just see them naturally gravitating to the kids Mm -hmm. yeah what about in guest services? How are how how do you identify when someone has a sweet spot in that ministry area? Um, kind of like you know, with what Gina said, if they're somebody who's not already expressed interest themselves, um, you can just you know kind of observe people like in the worship center. I mean, if they're hanging around and they're interacting with people, and it just is a natural gift for them. Um, a natural fit would be obviously guest services. Um, and 
a lot of times, like in my role, I get to kind of um, explore all the options with people. Hmm. Um, so it's really fun to um, sit down with people or just, you know, kind of email or text or message back and forth or um, just in a general conversation, kind of explore what they feel that their sweet spot is. A lot of times um, that's really how you have to start is just with like a self-identified, this is where I think I would fit. And they're not always mm-hmm. right. You know, sometimes we think we're good at something and we're just, we're not. I played on worship team. We all know this. Um, You're good at worship but, team. <laughs> but um, it's always like getting their foot in the door, getting them shadowing or actually doing the volunteer um, position is a, just a great way to kind of assess what their actual sweet spot is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, it's really easy as leaders um, to be able to identify that. Um, you can just sense it from people mm-hmm. if, if they feel comfortable and not necessarily that, um, you know, that little level of nervousness or uncomfortability is normal and it's good for growth. Mm-hmm. But when somebody's not in their sweet spot, it's very, a very distinct discomfort or you know insecurity it's not just like those first time serving jitters yeah that's a great distinction there like everyone's gonna have the jitters but yeah it's it's like a man i'm a fish out of water right now sometimes that people will you'll you'll feel that i've also found that like curiosity is a big uh clue when I'm trying to find if like okay what's your sweet spot like i'll notice that people are just like people will ask me questions of curiosity about that ministry area. So they'll be like, how do you pick your songs? And my next question is like, when would you like to join the worship team? (laughs) Because like (laughs) the only people who ever ask how I pick my songs usually have some sort of interest in worship and they've played, you know, so there's certain tells almost that like, if they have curiosity about something, it's, it's because they're, they're just being drawn to that sweet spot. They, something in them knows that that's a sweet spot for them and they can't, help but be curious about it so we as leaders can watch for that a couple stories and then we'll wrap up uh, we talked about Lori and michael uh, as being some folks who have have kind of done some changes in their ministry because they've tried to operate in their sweet spots uh, do you want to share that story about Lori? yeah i'd love to um so Lori was um she is a teacher by trade and her heart is always to help and serve where needed when there are gaps anywhere. Mm. And so she stepped into our team when we had a gap. Um, sometimes when you teach full time, like children's ministry isn't something you want to volunteer in or, you know, like even though it's like your strength, like doing it 40 plus hours during the week um, is enough. For you. Um, but she uh, faithfully stepped into a gap and was in the adventure or elementary age um, spot. And just really, she kept, she was faithful and kept um, serving. And we talked about it. She said, I'm just not sure if this is the right fit for me. Like we had a lot, multiple conversations about it and just like things to look at and questions that we were doing. She's like, but I'm, I'll still, you know, I still want to help. I know that there's this need. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was an opportunity to move into the wee kids um, or preschool and under age group. And she just, I said, let's try this. And she did. And she found the joy again of just mm. being in a sweet spot and having that break from elementary age 
um, kiddos, but, and still mm-hmm. like being on our team and, um, be, you know, strong in her faithfulness of serving purposefully. So it was really cool, um, to see her kind of, uh, just light up within realizing that, um, those littles, littles, the littlest of littles, um, mm-hmm. was something that she had a passion for again. Yeah. And, and sometimes we just assume like, oh, this person does this all week long. This is naturally going to be their sweet spot. But like sometimes variety is part yes. of the key, right? Yes. Um, that's cool that you were able to together like identify that and discover that. Um, and I'll just share the story, uh, just a uh, really broad stroke of, of Michael Grimm, because when I think of a guy who is, I'll just brag on you, Michael, if you're listening, um, a guy who is really intentional about asking himself, am I in my sweet spot right now? Am I leveraging my time the best I can right now? Um, he really does that well. And time and time again, I've just observed him in the WMP ministry, uh, adjusting his role, you know, talking to me and saying, Hey, I think, I think I need to pull back from this and focus more on that. Or, um, I'd, I'd be interested in learning more about this area because this is a strength of mine. And, and specifically he's getting started with some, some greater things in men's ministry and outdoorsmen, you know, even though he could easily be like leadership level in a whole bunch of different directions, Michael has been able to just like stop and assess and be like, you know, I'm going to pull away some, some of my time and energy from these things that are not in my sweet spot so that I can devote more time and energy to things that are. And I think that's just a really great picture for all of us. Like we've got to be reevaluating, reassessing ourselves all the time. Am I really operating at my strengths? So, Hey, well, thank you so much for um, hopping on this call and doing this podcast, you guys, on a snowy day in our homes with all the noises, all the stuff going on, you know, just like we're trying to um, help leaders get better. And the reality is that we're we're in it, too. We're all trying to, like, um, juggle life and serve God. And we're all in the same boat together. So. Thank you for listening as you've tuned in and we look forward to sharing more uh, things in future episodes here on the Fort Dodge Leadership Podcast.